0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
1: Radio. Hey, I'm Alex Pearson. It's time for CounterPoint. Let's bring the guys in. John Mraz, former Liberal War Room director, and Bill Hutchison, broadcaster and journalist professor over at Seneca College. Hello, guys. Hi there. Va-va-boom. Let's talk about the story that uh, everyone's talking about, really, and that is um, Tony Clement. And I'll get your thoughts on it, guys, before we move on to some other stuff. Because uh, you've been in a war room, uh, John, so you know when these crises come about. Um, and and, uh, and apparently the prime minister's office knew about this a couple of days ago because Tony Clement, you know, serving on this special and very sensitive um, uh, committee, you know, they he had to go to them to tell them that this situation had arisen. So they've known about this for a couple of days, but um did act, did Andrew Shear act fast enough?
2: I, I don't know. I mean my first thought is uh I still to this moment cannot understand why anybody uh, no matter what their station or education or intelligence or capacity would think it was a good idea to sext or send images or videos of themselves to anybody they didn't know. And even those people they did know because nothing's secure. Number two, I um, I think that if everybody who had done that, lost their job, lost their station, was kicked out of caucuses, the 30 to 40 percent of Canada's population would currently be unemployed or in jail. And number three, it's a little rich for a guy, and I'm talking about myself, who wrote the Ashley Madison piece and confessed that I was on that list, to start making judgments about other people's sexual activity or proclivities. Let the courts sort it out if he broke the law. Uh, I think uh, Canadians on the whole don't really care about this sort of thing. Well, uh, and they don't want, uh, like, glass houses. This is ridiculous.
1: Sure it is, but look, I don't care what, what Mr. Clement, I don't care what anybody does in their bedroom. The problem is, given the credentials and the security um, that he deals with, it, the the concern about this is that, you know, was he extorted for for si- sensitive information about Canada? And is anyone else being targeted like this?
0: I, I just have to wonder in this day and age, do politicians not know the name Anthony Weiner? Do they not understand the the risk that he's taking with this sort of thing? And especially when you're on a national security uh, committee like he is, that he should not be involved in this sort of stuff. He, no politician should be, because it's only going to come back and and bite you on a part that you've texted to someone uh, so well, there's, there's,
1: just, there's video too. Like, oh God, please, God no, help no, us no, please. But the, I have to sleep tonight. It's coming it's, out, right? Like the no, story's not done. Well, what strikes me as particularly odd is that I know Tony
2: personally. I used to no, lobby nice him on, on behalf of a couple of charities back when he was with the provincial government here at Queens Park. This guy doesn't drink. Nope. He uh real approprium. He likes he likes his hard rock and roll. And he likes to work out, and he doesn't drink. He shows up. He was always
1: a very ecumenical. Are you suggesting guy. he was set up? <laughs> Are you suggesting those bo- that his body shots I'm, shot suggesting, maybe, I'm <laughs> suggesting
2: maybe And if he should, was set he should, up,
0: was he targeted because of his position on the National Security
2: uh, Committee? I'm suggesting maybe he should have had a double scotch,
1: I think. Well, that might have made it worse. <sighs> but somebody should only. have
0: taken his phone away from him.
1: Really. I feel badly for his family. I, uh, I do. Um, I want to talk about Ontario Premier Doug Ford also dealing with sexual misconduct uh, allegations. And it was the first time that he dealt with reporters today uh, who asked him about... Two um, different situations on fr- that happened on Friday, one being Jim Wilson having to resign uh, as economic development minister um, after sexual misconduct allegations surfaced there, but also a top staffer uh, also was uh, rid of after, I guess, inappropriate sexual texts had surfaced. So how do you think he played his cards on this? Did the premier I mean, the opposition, the critics will say he didn't act fast enough, didn't do enough, but how much faster could Ford have acted?
0: I think he acted immediately. I, th- I thought it, he moved very swiftly on it. Now, his, his story was that uh, he was going in for alcohol addiction uh, uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. And now it's come out that there was also the sexual misconduct allegations. And Ford's story... Yeah, what's with this
1: treatment of all these, like Tony Clement used to say, we're getting treatment, treatment for what?
0: Because that's the that's <laughs> the go-to position. If, if you follow any Hollywood stars, anybody mm-hmm. who gets caught doing something, I'm going to seek treatment. I'm going to go into rehab. That's the, always the, the default uh, excuse to, mm-hmm. to get out of it.
2: To get usually, off the Usually followed by, now I've found God and I'm going to uh, morally chastise the rest of you and virtue signal it the rest of you for the rest of my life.
1: But it is the real first scandal that the Ford administration has had to deal with. And look, he was it's gone. In fairness, they've only
0: been in power for four months. So,
1: Well, that's, well it's true. But uh, here was what Doug Ford was asked today and here, here's how he answered that. When we
2: sat down with the person that gave the allegations, uh, they repeatedly asked us not to make this a media story and I want to make sure that every single person on our team at Queen's Park knows they're going to have a safe environment. And if they come forward, they're going to be protected. And I will do everything I can to make sure that we protect our staff.
1: So the bottom line is, uh, I think he sent a pretty clear message that if you do this, you're out. He acted immediately. Um I'm not sure where the story goes from here, but to suggest that he's the only one that's, I guess, acted like this or, or led like this, I'll remind you what Bal Balkison. Remember that guy? Yes. Remember he got turfed out? Yeah. We've never found out what no. he was turfed no, out and, for and in the liberal caucus.
0: Rumors. Yeah. Um, in fairness, uh, for for Ford, the the best thing that could happen to him mm. was Tony Clement, <laughs> because now that's the Jim Wilson story is is in the back pages now because it's been dealt with. He's he's been dismissed. Now it's Tony Clement's turn term in, term in the spotlight.
1: And, and, and I guess on the flip side, John, Andrew Scheer took a page right out of Ford's book and, and acted very quickly. I mean, I, I was surprised last night that he wasn't out of caucus, but by end of today, uh, he was out of caucus.
2: I very much hope that we get to stop talking about this tomorrow because something actually meaningful and something that's going to benefit the good people of
1: Ontario and Canada happens.
2: I, are you I- Are you new?
1: <laughs> yeah, don't no kidding. I'm like, excuse me? Okay.
2: I am new Oh, to, compared to you, Bill.
1: Um, the Ontario Cannabis Store is warning 4,500 customers that the shipping information on some of their uh, weed was uh, accessed by an outside source through Canada Post delivery tracking. A- a Crown Corp. Can't get this right? Maybe
2: somebody will send them all a pizza. <laughs> Honestly, I can't get love-
0: too upset about this. I mean, what data do they got? Their postal code and they got the initials of the person who signed for it. Really big deal. Any one of us sitting here could get far more personal information about people in, with about 10 minutes of searching. That's Ken. I no I, yeah, but I, I, <laughs> stats can yeah just just demands your your uh, banking records, but honestly, people put so much private information out there. this is not a major data breach. It's sloppy, absolutely, and it should be corrected, but I can't get too upset about the fact that somebody got a postal code and somebody got initials that signed for something and a and a tracking record uh, of of something that was delivered
1: no but but when you hire you know Canada post to do this particular job i mean they can't they're not newbies at this thing.
2: Well, look, I, I'm I'm curious whether any of the cannabis users or receivers are upset about this at all, or whether they've already just all forgotten about it.
1: I mean, that or they just gone and met their dealer <laughs> down consume, the street.
0: They consume what was delivered, so they don't care. They're <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> they mellowed out directly <laughs> about half an hour later. Um, okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Donald Trump. Okay. Big day today for Donald Trump. And we'll tell you, well, we'll play you the entirety of the the mayhem coming up after this. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.
0: Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It
1: is 831 here on this Wednesday. I'm Alex Pearson. We got Counterpoint going round two. We'll bring in John Mraz and Bill Hutchison to the conversation. Let's talk about Trump, shall we? Um, because of course the midterms last night he came out and held a presser today. And, of course, it didn't take long uh, for he and his uh, BFF, Jim Acosta, from CNN to get in a nice little back and forth. And I think set the tone for the next couple of years. Take a listen.
3: They're hundreds and hundreds of you miles away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings would well, be ask, much better. Let me ask. If I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may Peter, ask one other ahead. question, are you worried? A, that's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm I'm Mr. President, That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if go. I may ask, on, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that, that you may have indictments? I'm not indictments concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. You, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude. Terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. <laughs> go ahead.
0: I, I think that's unfair. You're a very
3: rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't if, treat people that way. Go ahead.
0: In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go ahead. In, in Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts well, his Well, I'm butt not like a big fan of
3: us. yours either. So. <laughs> I
0: understand. <laughs> to be honest. So let, so let me ask you a question if I can. You repeatedly you said are,
3: You are the best.
0: Mr. President, you
3: repeatedly, o- over the course okay. of Okay, just sit down, please.
1: <laughs> Well, when you report fake news... It was an hour, an hour, just like that. Um, And tonight, Jim Acosta, is uh, he's had his White House credentials now stripped, so we don't have to put up with Jim Acosta uh, anymore. But, you know, Jim gives as good as he gets. I mean, this is as much an act for Jim Acosta as it is for Donald Trump. It's
0: all theater. You know what? Uh, White House press briefings didn't used to be televised until Clinton came along, and now they become just theater and all those reporters they they want, not all the pro- reporters but reporters like Jim Acosta he he wants that moment when true, when Trump reacts to something and he kept pushing His he wasn't asking substantive questions to start with he was ask, he was debating semantics with Trump to start with he said you know it wasn't an invasion and Trump said well we have a different difference of opinions are you anti immigrant well no i want immigrants to come in i just want them to come in legally he answered three or four of his questions reasonably but Acosta wasn't happy about that he wanted that reaction it's great theater it promotes Jim Acosta It's great television for for CNN. It boosts their ratings. But ultimately, Mm. he broke protocol. White House press briefings have have a protocol. The the president answers a couple of your questions. Then he moves on. When the president moves on, you're done. You don't just keep hanging on to the mic and keep asking questions. (laughs) That is not a White House press briefing. And if he tried to do that in other administrations... He would have been tossed as well. But he Somebody wouldn't would have come done up it and, in other administrations. Is he wouldn't that the have, thing? no absolutely because he wants this moment. He wants he knows he knows Trump is thin skinned. And I'm not trying to defend Trump because Trump is thin skinned and he reacts to this sort of stuff and he, he gets provoked easily. But that's what Acosta wanted. He wanted that moment for, for Trump to to snap and, and go after him. That's yeah. great for ratings. It's great for Jim Acosta. I don't know if it's great for ratings.
1: Profile. I mean, it, CNN just—I uh, don't know why they keep doing this. But I think the moment that got Jim and real problems is that this poor young woman who's sent in to take the mic and give it to the next reporter—you know, she's just doing her job—and and Jim Acosta is kind of slapping down her arm because he wants to ask that question. And so it was this real back and forth, John. I um,
2: I—I I mean, it's it's theater. i i, 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 I in Acosta's defense, I, I want to pick up the sword of. Trump uses such incendiary language like invasion of the Latin hordes, et cetera. I mean, it's just endless, and I can understand the frustration of Acosta. Maybe you're actually right. I watched, and the president, for once, had actually, in a sort of sanguine way, answered a couple of questions. Maybe Acosta missed it, because 90% of the time, Donald Trump answers with incendiary, divisive, at points, racist, crypto fascist rhetoric but, but, that does nothing to answer the questions and, and and generally isn't even a coherent sentence.
0: When the story becomes the reporter, then you've abandoned journalism. And that's what Acosta did. He made the story about him.
2: Oh, there's no, and he there's wanted no it to be about there's him. There's no question. I was watching the So C- that's not journalism. I was watching that's C-
0: not the point of the White House press briefing. Ask substantive questions about policy, ask reasonable questions. Don't try and and just provoke him until until you get a reaction.
1: But again, it's not like, you know, Trump didn't have a horrid night. I mean, they they actually made gains in the Senate. They lost the House. But if you compare his midterm losses to Obama and Clinton, um, he lost 26 seats. I think Obama lost 63 seats and Clinton, if I'm not mistaken, 56. So, in fact, Trump actually didn't do as badly as I think a lot of people wanted him to.
2: Well, one thing I couldn't understand last night was uh, the difference between the Senate, the Senate, and the, the congressional results. Congressional results, big, big uptick for the Dems. That seemed, but there was no corollary. There was no consistency in the very same areas where people were voting. Yeah, that means that they're splitting their votes, going yeah. one way, which means they're actually voting for a local representative and not a party, which is interesting and. Maybe there's still some hope for democracy. Just to quickly go back to the pundits, I was watching CNN they had well, nine people, <laughs> first mistake. nine people in a row, like a shura last night, you know, or 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 a Supreme Court. And uh, I felt like I was watching Reach for the Top, every one of them looking to press the button to get the mic. Right? Oh my God. That's, ABC I've, was the same. ABC, at least oh my nine God. or something. times. Like Blitz,
1: Blitz, whatever yeah. his name, Blitz Wolfer, whatever, Wolf Blitzer. I mean, at <laughs> oh, some point, right. they look giddy. The, positively the, man of the giddy. Of course, I didn't watch it. I was like, this, I can't watch this. this is crazy. These people are crazy. Um, let's talk about hockey, hockey, can we? Hockey groups across the country are apparently looking for ways to um, manage runaway scores. And that's because they want to keep. Keep the sport fun for kids, and this came an issue, I guess, for the Minor Hockey Alliance of Ontario after a group of eight-year-olds uh, from the Kitchener area crushed the Ontario uh, Cambridge Ontario Hawk Reds forty-one to zero last month. And I guess this has been outgoing. I mean, they they get they outscored them one hundred and thirty-two to four in the last season. So some are recommending either no scorekeeping at all for teams under nine. And that it's more important, Bill, to teach them the skills. Where are you at I, on this? Speaking
0: from experience, yeah. when I was about 10 years old, I played for a team that was so bad. I don't think we won a game all season. We used to lose 15 nothing and 19 nothing. And you know what? It did not scar me for life. Mm. I still loved going to play every week because my dad happened to be the coach. My dad had played soccer all his life, never played hockey. So that's probably, there you go. let's blame the coach. No, what he would do is he'd say, hey, you know what? Do you have fun? Who cares what the score was? And he would say, Hey, I like that pass you made. I like that check you made. He would focus on the positives. We didn't care what the score was. I'm still friends with with the guys who played on that team and we laugh about it now. We lost 15, nothing, we lost 19, nothing. Big deal it's not about the score if you're really that worried about the score then limit it to nine nothing or when they get to nine or ten stop counting at that point but if you have no scores whatsoever you belittle the accomplishments of the teams that are playing well and are scoring and I think that's uh, that's taking away from their self-esteem you're saying it's not really that valuable because you scored a lot of goals kid feels good about scoring a lot of goals the other kids don't have to be devastated because they lost by a huge score. Big deal.
1: Well, no, and, and, and then they grow up, they join Antifa, they can't take losing. Wow. I mean, they don't understand why they didn't been... get a participation yeah. ribbon. <laughs> I,
2: I, I'd like to say two quick things. One is we, we're constantly on this show and a variety of other places bemoaning the lack of math skills our kids have. Well, these kids are learning to count. And <laughs> I think that's
0: important. They <laughs> have to take their skates off to count. <laughs> but
2: my and Number two, and yeah. I'm with you on this, you take away the score, you take away confidence, competition, you take away people's Ambition and drive to excel, then you take away everything that is so great about this country and the free Western world. Well, it's based you, on competition. Let's right. just keep it coming. There
1: are winners and there are losers. Yeah. I mean, and after my kid to said to me a couple of minutes, m- months ago, Mommy, there's no such thing as losers. I was like, of course there's losers. <laughs> of course there's losers. <laughs> there's winners and there's but losers. It's, you need it's to not be the end of the
0: world if you lose a hockey game. It's right. not. So keep it in perspective for the kid. You just, Did you have fun? Great. You know, hey, but, you played really well.
1: But I don't know and maybe, John, because you, your son's a little younger, I mean, look, when you put your kid in hockey, and thank God my kid does not seem to like hockey, because, I mean, even at three or four, they are, like, militant. They take it so seriously. They're looking for that NHL great for right out of the gate. I found that the public school that has been raising my
2: child most of the time, et cetera, is- was always so, sort of suppressing this notion of competition and scores and whatever. I can draw it out of my son; it's genetic in about five seconds after a day like that. He wants to compete. Mm. He wants but to he win. Does. Absolutely. And he once asked me, uh, Papa, is it okay to be a loser? I said, look, you know, if you lose sometimes, that's okay. But loser's are a different world. And I've, I've generally noticed that losers are unhappy people because they're people who don't try. They're mm. people
0: who quit after after not winning.
1: People who don't try.
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening, Bill.
1: All right, guys. Participation ribbons for you both. Thank you. Got to leave it there. I won that one. Bill Hutchison Hutchison joining us and John Mraz joining us tonight. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.
0: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.